0: Hey, welcome to Credit Card Families. I'm Adrian, And I'm Ash. I'm really glad that we can join you again. It's been, it's funny, it's been a month, but it feels long but slow all at the same time. I can't decide whether it feels like ages or if it feels like it was just yesterday we were making an episode.
1: I feel like I've lost a total concept of time. I have no idea if things are long or short. <laughs> I feel like a whole day feels like a week, so <laughs> it's kind of been like that. Pregnant life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which is great, but weird. Very weird. So we um have a bit of a special episode today because we finally, like we said we would do a couple months ago, got around to interviewing an acupuncturist. Yeah. Not just any acupuncturist, ours, who we have great faith and trust and respect in and who is essentially kept us alive and going insane (laughs) physically
1: emotionally
0: absolutely for the past couple of years so it's really special to get to sit down and have a chat to him and really sort of break into what does acupuncture mean what does it look like how can it be helpful how is it specifically related to fertility Mm, absolutely
1: so I guess it's sort of a different episode because it's not someone a queer or trans person experiencing IVF IUI, but obviously highly relatable and kind of a um, bit of our personal story into mind, I guess, in terms of um, being the person that we've seen this time, which has been really lovely to be able to share.
0: Yeah. And he's just been such, such an amazing support through the process. And I've seen, I've had lots of people ask me not just for fertility, but for other issues about acupuncture. Cause if you know me at all, you know that I rave about it. So um, it's, and then in lots of the forums and Facebook groups, I'm in constantly people are putting up posts saying, Oh, have you guys tried acupuncture? Do you think it's useful? So, um, I think it's good to have hear someone have a conversation about it because there's lots of websites, but I think for me when I'm looking for information online, it can all just sort of seem a bit overwhelming and all like just a bit much. So, mm. yeah, I think this format could be helpful for some people.
1: Yeah, I, was, I mean, for me, like well before we even looked at fertility, um, I've on and off been seeing acupuncturists since I was sort of 18, so almost 20 years. Uh, I think as someone who lives with chronic chronic pain, I um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get through the day without a huge amount of painkillers if it wasn't for acupuncture. So I've been a huge advocate for my whole adult life, but definitely then the last couple of years for us to get to this point, it's been a huge part of our journey as well. So it's awesome to be able to share that.
0: Absolutely. And I think, cause I was, there's a bit in the interview where I sort of asked Nick to recap what the treatment plan and st- things, I guess he's done with me in the past few years and he touches on it a bit, but I think it's interesting because I went into acupuncture because when we started our fertility journey, I had this sort of idea in my head around, I'm on a stack of different medicines, one of them in particular being a sedative for sleep because my insomnia was so bad and had been for so long. Um, I wanted to get off of uh, all the medicines that I was on and get into a good place where I felt really confident and happy and stable and really ready to Mm. take on a, a, a new, really challenging process IVF um so yeah when I started it was about managing my insomnia which I'd probably started experiencing insomnia in high school um and it was quite severe self-medicated in my early 20s and then um <clears throat> did a sedative for probably six or seven years and if you remember like I would take a sedative and I was like dead oh, to the world absolutely I mean that's the
1: thing it's um whether it impacts on fertility or not the thing for us was that you wouldn't be able to be woken up. So if we had a child that we needed to feed and, you know, change nappies and be alert for that, you actually I couldn't, have done you it. couldn't have done and that. And the
0: only way at that point that I could sleep at all was by taking medicine. Yeah. Otherwise I would just wide awake for hours all through the night. Yeah. Um, so that was the first step for me. And then the next step was that I went off of my antidepressant, which was also really mainly around managing my anxiety um, and my OCD. So That was the next step for me. But at the same time, little things would pop up here and there. Um, So it's been a really huge journey for me Mm. in terms of acupuncture. But it started pre-fertility treatment because I knew there was a stack of things that I really wanted to get under control um, before I even started any of the nonsense when we started. Mm.
1: Well, I mean, I was seeing an acupuncturist in Footscray before you um, moved and came here and stuff. And, yeah, I was like, why don't you try this? It's pretty amazing that I don't have the same – Goals around health that that you have, we have quite different Absolutely. things happening. But yeah, I was like, I oh, hear yeah, really good stuff about acupuncture in terms of insomnia as well. So, which
0: I was pretty amazed with because I'm I'm a bit wooey. I'm all about I'll try this new natural thing and I just will give it a go. Whereas you're very like um, scientific and fact facts and evidence and that kind of stuff. And um, and you were like, no, this is actually there's like all this evidence yeah, and research like, around it, like, well, which was not something that I realized. Yeah. And so and I was like, mm, quite freaked out by needles and scared. And then I was like, Oh, I'll give it a go because I saw the profound impact it was having on you.
1: Mm. Um, it was funny cause I'm so like evidence based in science and research heavy. And yeah, you
0: typically you would imagine sort of sits within the realm of Western medicine, yeah. which is not where acupuncture falls. So it's really amazing that it's, it, it sits in both of those worlds and it, can appeal to such a wide audience. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so
1: it's really exciting to be able to share this with you and hopefully no matter who you are and, and where you're currently at, it's uh, something yeah you find useful and interesting and get something out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, here it is.
2: I'm Nicholas Conti, as you know. <laughs> and I'm the owner of um, Health Balance, which is an acupuncture, osteo and Pilates clinic in Newtown Geelong. Um, I have a keen interest in women's health and I'm an acupuncturist, if I didn't mention
0: what, when How long did you study? How long have you been doing this?
2: Yeah, so to uh, be an acupuncturist in Australia, you uh, have to complete a four-year Bachelor of Health Science in uh, acupuncture. And then you need to be registered with um, APRA and also a professional association to be able to perform um, acupuncture. Excellent. We're covered by... Uh, health funds, which is pretty cool.
0: I guess just to start, because I think some people listening to this maybe have never tried acupuncture before or are a bit curious, don't know what it's about. So can you give us a bit of a foundational understanding of what acupuncture is, I guess sort of what the foundations of it are, how it originated, some of that?
2: No worries. So I perform uh, traditional acupuncture, which was uh, developed by the uh, Chinese uh, in excess of three and a half thousand years ago and it's continued to develop from that point in time. So it started off uh, I suppose very archaic with um, shards of bone or or timber being used um, to be inserted into points to stimulate the body and obviously it's developed since then. So the ancient Chinese um, were able to determine pathways through the body almost like a separate nervous system as such to um western medical understanding and they determined certain points on certain parts of the body had effects when you stimulated them with shards of bone or now in modern times a needle um to stimulate the body to have certain um, changes or effects depending on what was happening at the time.
0: Excellent um, so it has it has changed quite a bit. Typically, so if someone were to come in for a session, it would be how, I guess, how does that work? How do you identify? What points to do? How, what would the assessment yeah. process look like?
2: So initially when you come into the clinic, you'll complete a, um, a full health history. So that will include yeah, any operations, you've had any major illnesses, um, what are your current um, complaints, um, things like headache, um, any bowel issues, digestive issues, et cetera. Then you'll come into the treatment room and I'll go through that with you and also ask you further questions about um, your overall health, whether, you know, including um, any sleep issues, any mental health issues, what medications you may be on, um, and any supplements. Um, And then from a Chinese medicine point of view, the way we diagnose is um, there's a number of factors just by looking at you. So we look at a number of things. We look at how you walk what your voice is like, what your eyes are like, what your skin's like. And then we also have you on the table and we check your pulse and look at your tongue. So in relation to the pulse, we're not just checking your heart rate. We're also checking on each side of the wrist, we're checking at three different positions and at three different levels. There's 28 different qualities we're looking at in the pulse and those different qualities can tell us a number of things about what's happening internally to specific organs. And the same as your tongue we look at uh, the coding the color the shape of your tongue and we put all that together so um the tongue wouldn't um be decisive as the pulse wouldn't be that's it you've got this it's the whole picture yep. so it's what you've told us um what your pulse is telling me and what your tongue is telling me and just by looking at you what, what that that whole picture it's like a jigsaw puzzle and you put it all together and then we come up with a diagnosis Yeah. And then from our training, we know certain points do certain things. So a common diagnosis in uh, modern times is what we refer to as liver cheese stagnation. So that's basically energy not passing through the liver correctly. It's a bit uh, erratic or it's a bit uh, stagnant. So we know there's there's a couple of points on the feet, a couple of points in the hands that um, have an effect on the liver and get it to, um, Move properly.
0: So, what are some of the symptoms that someone might be experiencing if that's an issue that they have? Yeah,
2: so uh, um, typically with that um, diagnosis, you, you'll have uh, temporal headache, could have uh, vision, visual disturbances. Um, if you're female, you could have uh, menstrual related issues, whether it's pain, um, breast tenderness, um, and clotted blood.
0: Okay, yeah. okay, amazing. Um, So the the setting that you have is a one-on-one session, so come in, do a consultation, do the assessment, you know, lay down, have the needles put in, but I've heard, I've not experienced it, but I've heard that there's also community settings, like community-based settings for acupuncture. Yeah,
2: that's right. So um, community-based acupuncture allows allows you to have treatment in a multi-bed situation, so there would be a large room with a number of beds, and... um, allows for a really low cost um, treatment options uh, for people that may not be able to afford the the private setting. Still just as good, still so effective. I suppose you don't get the luxuries of having your own private room and um, still, you know, privacy is maintained to a degree, but you can hear, you know, conversations going on and things like that.
0: Yeah, one of the main things I'm interested in for the podcast specifically is around acupuncture and fertility. Um, and you mentioned before you're really interested in women's health. So, can you speak to a bit how acupuncture can be used to assist in aiding fertility concerns?
2: Yeah, so in relation to fertility, there, there can be a number of um, issues why uh, pregnancies aren't occurring. And typically, uh, on a female perspective, there, there can be irregular cycles. So that makes it really difficult. We really need to get correct blood flow going through the uterus and ovaries. And when that, that's not happening, conception is very difficult or, or can't happen. So I like to use an analogy of, um, just like when you're planting a veggie patch, you ensure that the soil's nice and healthy. And same goes with blood flow through the uterus. You need bright red blood a thick lining, um, highly oxygenated, and that encourages implantation to occur.
0: Excellent. And so if someone had, you know, polycystic ovaries or endometriosis, is that a common, I guess, ailment or something someone might come in to receive acupuncture for? Yeah, it
2: is very common. So um, unfortunately with these conditions, there's a lot of fear behind it. And, um, you know, a lot of people are told that they they won't fall pregnant with these conditions. I disagree with that. I've treated a lot of PCOS and people with endometriosis, um, and they've been able to conceive with with no issue. It does take time in relation to treatment, but certainly um, people do respond really well to acupuncture and also herbal treatments that we do um, to allow pregnancy to take place.
0: That's amazing. I'm living proof of that. Can you speak more about the some of the herbs and the supplements that you might use alongside acupuncture?
2: Yeah, so, so common, um, there's common Chinese formulas that we use to, in PCOS and endometriosis, to break up the stasis. We call it stasis, so it's just stuck, so that the energy's stuck or the blood's stuck. So we, we can use herbs to break up that congestion and move it on and allow um, correct blood flow to go through. There's also magnesium, which is fantastic at relaxing the nervous system providing central nutrients to cells to do what they need to do. And also CoQ10 is another major um, one that i would use regularly as an antioxidant.
0: Amazing, because I think that's one that Ash had taken as well before they had their egg retrieval. I've looked at a couple of things online around um, statistics with acupuncture and fertility success. Do you know any of those statistics?
2: Yeah, look, if you look at the research, and there's been a lot of research um, out there, It is varied depending on the the number and things, but consistently they show there's a significant increase in uh, uh, pregnancy rates uh, with acupuncture to those groups that haven't had acupuncture. Number wise, um, I think it varies between 15 and 40%, depending on the study. Even 15 is significant. That's right, it's huge.
0: Well, and I, I remember when I started looking into acupuncture for fertility being really amazed because often when you are in a Western medicalized system, it, I find it feels quite rare for a doctor to recommend that you do something that's not within that model of Western medicine. So yeah. when I had, you know, an um, IVF specialist saying, oh, well, have you done acupuncture? I thought, yeah. oh, well, there's got to be really something to that. Yeah. So I think that speaks volumes as well. It sure does.
2: And, and that's where we're lucky in um, acupuncture, that there's been significant amount of research done in relation to IVF. Um, and it's you know golden standard uh research so they can't really you deny, can't you no, can't fault it no, yeah that's, that's right. amazing and i think you know the brilliant thing about acupuncture is I probably failed to answer that initially is that you know in acupuncture we treat the person rather than con- the condition so i could have 10 um people in front of me with a complaint of pcos but why it's occurring in them is 10 different reasons of course there would be different ways to treat it so there's not um, one size fits all at all. And that's where the true benefits of acupuncture come out is that you're being treated for you, not for your condition.
0: And it feels that way too. Like I feel like, and I think going through IVF, if you're not at a great clinic, it can very much feel like you're sort of pushed through your number in a machine. Um, so it felt really nice to have this sort of balance of actually I'm treated as a person and I, I have that, it's me, it's not just yeah. this thing I'm putting my body through. So I found that was really amazing.
2: Yeah. And that, that's why people uh, listening to this podcast do have to realize that if if their practitioner hasn't prescribed them CoQ10 or specific Chinese herbs or anything, that's okay because it's not applicable
0: for everyone. Yeah, of course. Right. Each body's really different. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe, because I've talked heaps on the podcast about Anytime I have acupuncture, I'm like, oh, and I went and then this and this, and I say things, and I think they're probably like somewhat accurate, but probably yeah. a little bit off. Would you mind walking everyone through sort of an overview of the treatment that we, that you've given to me around my fertility, um, over the course of, it's probably been a year and a half, two years. Yeah.
2: And I suppose that, that's the the benefit we had with you. We had, we had time to, yeah. to work with you. Um, so I suppose initially, um, without bringing up your notes, but initially, you know, we were looking at, uh, you were coming off the pill. Yeah. Um, we are looking at, um, sleep issues, we are looking at, um, anxiety and hormonal regulation for you. Um, so those, my treatments was, you know, based on your specific diagnosis at that time. Interwoven with that over the course of your treatments, um, you know, a number of things did pop up, um, you know. (laughs) Colds and coughs were, I think, um, common at the time. Um, I think there was a digestive a couple of issues with digestion um, and stress-related things.
0: Somewhat stress, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: although we, you know, we had our end goal, yeah. Obviously, things like um, colds and things you have to you have to address because you need to get that immune system, you know, really buzzing, um, and you need to clear those issues, or else it's just going to make Things more difficult for you. Yeah, yeah. I
0: have to I have to see everything that's happening. That yeah, makes that's right. Um, now I know that there are specific treatments or timings around um, IUI and IVF. This so if I remember correctly, um, when there's either the insemination with IUI or when there's the day of the transfer. Can you talk about some of the specific, because I think I came in pre-transfer, post-transfer, and then maybe a week later. Yeah, that's Can right. you talk about the timing of that?
2: Yeah, so the timings are all based on um, good practices uh, determined from research. With IVF and IUI or the, you know, the whole gamut there, You know, we're dealing with um, people spending so much money for those procedures. You know, a lot of our treatments aren't based on um, exactly, you know, this person's got a cold and we know this protocol works. Chinese medicine doesn't work like that typically. Um, A lot of our practice is evidence-based, but like I said, we treat the person, not the condition. But when it comes to IVF, when we've got such conclusive uh, evidence, we just know the benefits of a treating prior to transfer. So we're really ensuring there's good blood flow through the um, through the uterus and the ovaries, that, that whole area basically. And then after transfer, we wanna ensure from a Chinese medicine point of view that we, we allow good implantation and that implantation to take hold and, and flourish. So there's a different um, set of points that we use and depending on what's going on with the person at the time, um, we also use it to alleviate, you know, stress, you know, that two week period between the <laughs> transfer and waiting for that result is a huge emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. As you yeah. know. <laughs> the dreaded two week yeah. wait. Yeah. So acupuncture in that time is used to, um, assist the body or be more resistant to that. It's an unfortunate process but it's a process that we can't change. So the acupuncture is used to alleviate um, yeah, that anxiety, that stress, that frustration about the whole process because um, it can be very emotional, obviously, clearly. Um, we also use the acupuncture at different times through, through IVF um, to deal with the side effects of um, the medications that you are put on. So with bloating or fluid retention or with a hormonal roller coaster acupuncture is very effective at um you know quieting them down or alleviating those types of symptoms
0: It's oh, that's amazing i can't imagine actually having gone through the ivf process and not having this as sort of a a safe balancing place yeah. so yeah i can't i just can't speak highly enough about it um I was just thinking, I because I talk to people about acupuncture all the time, um, and some people are like, oh, I can't imagine putting needles in me, I'm not a pincushion, and they have these sort of ideas around what it might look like or how it might feel. Can you one, talk about, I guess, the use of needles, um, and then two, at an alternative option to that with the laser?
2: Yeah, certainly. So, to uh, put it in perspective, um, my needles, are, or the needles that an acupuncturist uses, are very thin, so, 10 of my needles could fit inside a hypodermic. So when you get blood tests and things like that, could fit inside one of those. So as you can imagine, they're hair-like thing. Um, Typically in a treatment, we would roughly use maybe 10 needles um, when it comes to IVF, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, Typically all you'll feel, and you, you can attest to this, is a little pinch when the needle goes in and you might feel some numbness, ache, or tingling, but it's very mild. If the sensation is stronger than that, it shouldn't be, and your acupuncturist will adjust the needle to make sure that it's not. So it's a very relaxing experience. There are those that I do treat that. Ash. Yes, there's nowhere known <laughs> that you can uh, put a needle anywhere near them. Yeah. So in that case, I use a specific um, laser device that's been specifically designed um, for acupuncture treatments. And it's the it's the strength of the laser and the uh, distribution of the actual laser to activate the point similar to a needle, but in a different way. It's the wavelength of the light that actually stimulates the points. Still very effective, and all you feel that uh, all you may feel is just a little bit of warmth or tingling, and and that's about it. So yeah.
0: Okay, and I I find that. 90% of the time, I can't even feel a little pinch. Yeah. Um, there might be, you know, I think I was in here a couple weeks ago and had a really bad cough and there was a point on my foot. And I was like, "Ooh, that's really alive. Yeah. But that's sort of, and it just passes within five seconds. That's it's just of. gone. Um, so if you're listening and you're interested but a bit scared, I reckon give it a go. It's not as scary as you might think it is. I just should
2: just next. explain in relation to acupuncture. So acupuncture is an umbrella term, I suppose, especially in Australia where um, there are a number of different modalities within the acupuncture um, system. They're all very effective, just different theories. So I myself was trained in what's called Zung Fu acupuncture at university. And it's it's an acupuncture system that um, was developed from the Cultural Revolution in China in 1950, basically, where they tried to standardise um, the training of acupuncture. And it was more aligned to Chinese herbal medicine, the theories behind that. Um, since, comp- since finishing, uh, my university degree, I've actually done further training. Um, and one particular training I've, I've spent a number of, um, years with a master in acupuncture called Master Tan. And he was, He has taken his training back to the traditional roots of acupuncture, and and that's what I perform, the really traditional roots of acupuncture, where I make a diagnosis on my patient and then um, develop a point prescription. So by point prescription, um, it's a prescription of points specifically for your body, rather than um, a Fu diagnosis, you'll have, Uh, for example, diagnosis of liver cheese stagnation, so you'll have points on both sides similar. Um, So both same points on hands, same points on feet and legs. Whereas mine is a point prescription, so you might have points on your right hand, um, different points on uh, your left hand compared to your um, right foot, etc. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also common in Australia, there's, uh, Japanese acupuncture, five element acupuncture and also master tongue, which is another, um, acupuncture, uh, theory that I also perform All very effective and, uh, a great, I think it's important for people to find acupuncture will work irrespective of whether you believe it or not as <laughs> being, uh, another, <laughs> Yeah. um, but it's important that you do find a, a practitioner that you relate to. It needs to be a calm and peaceful setting for you. And, and it should be. That's how the experience should be. And that's when it's more effective. If you relate to the person that's treating you and that um, you have a peaceful, nice experience every time that you come in.
0: Yes, it's, I can attest to that. It's really great. It makes sense that that's... Um, The energy that's being put into the the practice as well makes total sense. Anything else that we've not covered
2: if we just go back to IVF treatment Uh, or women's health what um, Common question is the number of treatments required Um, Typically, you know when we're looking at hormonal regulation and things like that you'll need um, weekly treatment for four weeks and then Uh, treatment for every fortnight for three cycles typically to get some good changes happening. Uh, Through the IVF treatment you could uh, as we mentioned you need typically you need um, treatment pre and post transfer. Um, Through the stimulation cycle depending on what's happening with you you may need up to two treatments per week through that stimulation cycle depending on how long the practitioners had with um, treating you in your case. if we go back to your case, I've been treating you for some time prior to this happening. So um, you didn't need the two treatments per week through the stimulation cycle as things popped up you might need increased treatments but yeah typically that's that's how it goes yeah that
0: makes sense yeah thank you for today it's been really amazing and i'm really excited to share this with everyone and hopefully we can get some more people into acupuncture to um, assist them on such a challenging exhausting journey
2: yeah thank you Andrew.
0: what did you think i'm really um i'm really excited that everyone had a chance to to hear that and i would love to get some feedback around um if anyone has tried acupuncture if you liked it if you didn't like it if it worked for you yeah
1: absolutely let us know i think um there's so many different experiences and opinions and journeys around acupuncture but certainly give us a buzz if you have anything you'd yeah, like to share
0: it'd be really good so i think that's um in terms of the the main meat of the show we just want to give you a little bit of update around um, what's happening for us and what's the last month has entailed if you need
1: to switch out now if if you're not up for the pregnancy talk feel free to switch yeah. off we'll yeah. see you next time yeah it's been a, a pretty big month I guess again uh things are still moving positively even though it's been one hell of an experience and a difficult time for you and for us
0: yeah it's been really full-on I um <clears throat> I just sort of Now I'm at the point where because it's just been sort of one weird sickness after another, one weird thing after another, I just am like, you know what? That's just maybe what my pregnancy is going to be and that's okay. And I'm trying to get to a point where I feel more at peace with it um, because I do have days or like parts of days where I feel really good. And so then when I'm in those moments... That's just June um, playing with her Kong wobbler in the background trying to get her dinner out. So sorry that's a bit loud. I thought she'd finished. I thought she was finished as well.
1: It's a weird... This is where the time warp, like, has it been a week? Has it been four weeks? Kind of things. It just feels like one really big hellhole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just like one shitty day after another. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. We saw some friends on the weekend and I was like, I just feel like I haven't even been... Able to even socialize at any point whatsoever. Mind you, we had to like cancel like three quarters of our plans, but we did manage to, you know, see a couple of people. But it's yeah, just
0: it just it, well, it was yeah. I yeah, my immune system is really low, right? Because when you're pregnant, you're immunosuppressed, which is really great because I've been able to like eat all the gluten and dairy that I want and not have the same repercussions, which That's probably, other than the babies you get at the end, that's probably my favorite part of being pregnant. Yeah. However, what that also means is that I'm really bloody sick all the time. And it's just sort of like a low-grade virus that I just can't seem to get rid of, which looks like a cold slash allergies that makes me not be able to breathe at night, um, (laughs) like congested, sneezing, that kind of stuff. um, And just really faint all the time, like multiple... Times when I've just nearly fainted and um, really weak, that kind of stuff. So that's been really challenging, and it's just sort of been, yeah, every day's kind of. Uh, uh, I feel like our
1: sort of like business as usual is like just really hard. So it's like <laughs> still not cooking, still can't be around any smells, still feel really sick, mm. um, still really tired, going to bed really early. Yeah, still eight o'clock. Know, yeah, at the latest. But on the, I mean, it has also been really positive in terms of, I guess, we time wise getting now. Um, just over 18 weeks. So starting to feel like it's a reality that things are going to be okay. Starting to anything about Getting baby excited. seats and, and high chairs and cots and
0: setting we up. Bought a room. double pram.
1: Yeah. So that sort of stuff, like it, it is also really exciting, but it is like groundhog day of just like, <laughs> Oh, how sick is Adrian going to be today? <laughs> going to be sick for sure. But is it really bad or just a little bit bad? And then we just day by day, no plans can't sort of, um, we're always, we're always a maybe. And, yeah
0: i'd love to see you i might be there
1: (laughs) that's it (laughs) so So,
0: yeah like it is nice to move into that space where it feels more like a reality hmm. and you know nothing i don't know i keep thinking like oh i wish we had a scan like i wish i had a scan to tell me everything was fine and then i go oh but there's nothing to tell me it's not fine yeah so i mean and that's i think for me that's also my anxiety and all the baggage of all the stuff we've gone through um but to remind myself, oh, there's actually no reason why things wouldn't be fine. Everything's been actually really incredible up until mm-hmm. this point in terms of the health of babies
1: Absolutely. and stuff. So we're just over 18 weeks now, and then we'll have scan on the week 20, I think? Week 20. So and the then our next weeks. appointment um, with,
0: a, with the pregnancy clinic.
1: Mm, so it's good. It's exciting. I mean, the other, the I guess the random thing part of all this howl sickness is that you had mastitis.
0: Oh, so I... <laughs> And this is so really weird. Like, it's, I think it's passing fairly quickly, but I'm only 18 weeks pregnant, and you're not technically meant to get mastitis until you're until you're breastfeeding, when you're, all of your milk comes in and your ducts are formed and everything, but I've been really lucky to just lucky come down with a proper case of it now, little hot, fiery, like, rock-hard boobies. That are so angry. Um, and it's really painful. It sort of feels like lightning bolts of pain shooting through my tits. it's oh, Disgusting. <laughs> and they're on fire. That's such an intense
1: description. <laughs> not okay. Of, I cannot imagine how painful that must be.
0: <laughs> well, I like woke up. I'd been feeling unwell all week and missed like a day of work and hadn't, I just was like in full, like, look after myself watched all the TV. I finished Gossip Girl season six. I've watched them all now. Um, (laughs) I was just like, and then I like went to have a shower after four days of just being like my filthiest self and like just trying to survive and saw my boobs. And I was like, Oh no, something's really wrong. And I just had like big, huge purple, like bruises on sort of the inside of each of them. And I was like, that can't be normal. But at that point, that morning I hadn't had pain but the night before I'd had heaps of pain but I think because pregnancy is new to me mm. and I do have so many weird things happen I just go oh that pain is just a thing that happens in pregnancy and I don't really think about it and you just sort of think
1: everything's your body changing and your Constantly. body growing yeah and body... I was like my
0: boobs are just going to be yeah. bigger tomorrow yeah, yeah
1: they're like the ducks must be coming through or doing something or... yeah
0: and so I was like oh I'm sure it's fine and then the next day I had like weird purple zombie tits. And I was like, Oh, that's not good.
1: Kind of hit that threshold. Maybe, maybe it's more, (laughs) maybe it's a problem.
0: And then they went from purple after a few hours to red and hard and really mad. And at that point I called nurse on call, which is an excellent service in Victoria that I feel very lucky. Plug, plug, plug. Yep. Um, and the nurse who also happened to be a midwife was like, go to the doctor straight away. (laughs) Um, and then the doctor said it's really unusual to One, have it on both boobs, but then two, have it prior to breastfeeding, but it was sort of classic symptoms. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty special. Just going to
1: roll with that, have a bit of a follow-up this (laughs) week and see what we can do and rule out. But yeah, it's just been a series of funny things. Weird things. Yeah. But... It's it's a good story, though, for later. Absolutely. These kids are just going to be so well-loved and so... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I'm still so excited. I'm so happy about it all, but it's like it has been really rough.
0: Yeah, it's just um an unexpected series of things has happened. But I Mm. guess I think well worth it in the end. eh? I definitely think so, and I think that you know, like even the fact that we can sit here and have a laugh and go, "It's one shitty day after the other." That you know, at the end of the day, when we're feeling good, we can be in that space and feel really okay about it. Um, And even when you know there are moments where it's just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. There are also moments where it's like, this is pretty damn cool. Yeah, Absolutely. So that's kind of nice. That's Mm. a nice space to be
1: sitting in. Absolutely. So we, um, I guess we'll be back in... A month. A month. Uh, We're really keen for if anyone wants to chat or do an interview, please feel free to touch base. It'd be great to hear from someone else who wants to share their story.
0: Yeah, we would really like that. So... I think that's all we've got and uh yeah look after yourselves and join us in another month as we laugh cry and sigh to make our very own credit card family bye bye